Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. And we're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture and why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential. And we're going to be discussing lots of practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. So my name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with two amazing people at Bridgeway. Um, this is uh, Keith and Susan Ritchie, and they lead up our parenting ministry, but really it's our family ministry at Bridgeway. It's all marriage and parenting courses and mentoring and everything. And, and they're actually one of the reasons why a podcast like this needs to exist because they're already doing this very well and very effectively throughout our church. And so we're really glad to have them on here today. And so how are you guys doing? We're doing well. Doing very well. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Matt. Glad yeah. to be here. They've had a very uh, busy weekend. We were just joking about that uh, earlier. Um, they've been at a lot of stuff for the church. Um, so, uh, but uh, but they're still here we're today here. and yes, uh, and ready to talk about teenagers. And t- today specifically, we're going to be talking about um, how to really talk with your teenagers and the big difference between monologuing versus dialoguing yeah. and uh, and such an important piece. Um, and uh, I think a lot of you as parents, we know that we are always in these contexts where depending on what time of the day it is, <laughs> where your kids are at, how hungry they are, how how you feel, um, there's so many layers and pieces that go into that. And so um, having these principles are very important because these conversations at these formative years are so important. And so can you guys kind of start by telling us, like, what's the foundation level? What's the goal that we're supposed to be starting with as we walk into dialoguing with our kids? Well, our mindset needs to be heart training. Our overarching goal is to really develop our kids' hearts so that they make Christ-honoring choices, especially when you're not around. And obviously, when the kids are young, you're around. And so there, there's a, a lot of training taking place. But as your kids develop and move into the teen years, they're going to be making more and more choices on their own. And so looking ahead to that, as parents, we need to know that our work in developing their moral fiber, their moral values is so crucial so that they can make good choices as they move into those te- those important teen years. Now, I'm going to ask a question that might it's not going to take us off track, but if if a parent hasn't been able to establish that, maybe because of life circumstances, uh, a level of busyness, which I know we'll get into a little bit later, um, what's maybe like a word of encouragement for if you're kind of starting when your son or daughter is like a sophomore in high school <laughs> and in establishing some of this? Yeah, well, you know, you know, sometimes I find that the lack of that is only because it's not in the parent themselves. So as a parent recognizing what are my moral, what what is my moral warehouse and what is my responsibility as a Christian? Mm-hmm. Do I have it myself? And therefore, if I if I don't, then I need to find it and figure out what it is. And then I need to try to implement it. Um, most of the time trying to do that is dealing with, not in the conflict time, but noticing that your child's lacking that, and then going home and dealing with it when it's non when it's not a conflict time, and mm-hmm. and walking through that situational step with them and saying, "Hey, um, so you know when we were going through the store and um, there was a person before you and you didn't grab the door for him, do you think maybe you should have grabbed the door for him? Do you think that was you know?" And you kind of walk through and ask those questions. I don't know, Keith. Do you want to help me on that one? Well, I th- I think. Uh, my encouragement is it's it's never too late to to teach somebody about kindness, yeah, honesty, 
gentleness, self-control. We're all still learning those values throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like, hey, maybe as a parent, I was a little more focused on making sure they behave and and didn't really elevate uh, those moral truths as uh, things that we're training into, um, start now. You know, the, and, and I I think we as parents of teens need to to do that with a relational tone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as we're training young kids, we can be more authoritative and directing. But as you move into the teen years, it's a, it's more of a relational engagement where you talk about situations, you talk about examples, you observe things, and you bring your kids into the conversation. Say, what do you think about that? Was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? But then the most important question is why? Why was that a good thing or a bad thing? And and understanding mm-hmm. the purpose behind why you're training uh, your kids on a certain issue or a certain topic. Yeah. And what I like about what you both were sharing is it's just that reminder for all parents that it's never too late right. to start. Yeah. Like if you feel like, oh, I missed the window, it's not, it doesn't no. work like that. You have a chance whether they're, you know, five or nine or nineteen, yeah, to to be playing into that and and speaking into their lives and being formative, and especially because you're you're usually the the parent is usually the one person that knows their son or daughter the yes. best. You've yes. watched them yeah, in sure. all the developmental stages, so. Yes. Even with the shift of adolescence and sometimes the, hey, all the communication <laughs> techniques I used when they were a child, like like you still know their past. And sometimes there's stuff you can draw upon um, that's positive and, and go back and uh, but that you still have a huge voice in their life. So, mm-hmm. you know, just in case you're a parent that's listening here and going, I feel like I've lost that chance. That's not true. Like no, and there's no, a, there's a lot not. that you can build. And I like what you were saying, Susan, that. Uh, sometimes it's it's also about just going back and taking the time to reestablish yourself and yep. to go back and go you know God what what do I need to have formed in me for sure yeah. and uh, and what you know what needs to grow again and maybe I have to take some time to learn that again so well and it, I think as parents we we tend to fall into the trap that we're we're so focused on suppressing behavior that we don't like and that's at, at any at any age um, that we don't shift the thinking and focus on what do we want to fill them up with? Mm-hmm. And that's the key. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we may even feel like we're uh, needing to discipline or correct a child on a certain matter, but then we st- step back and realize, you know what? I haven't really trained them on that issue. And we just need to recognize those things that we need to be putting things into our kids' hearts and understanding the target that they need to shoot for instead of just being focused on, hey, don't do that. Yeah. And that's why dialogue comes in right. as such an important piece because asking those questions yep. has so many benefits. Can you kind of walk us through some of those benefits that you guys have seen that come out within dialogue over my monologue? Uh, sure. Uh, there are several. Um, you know, just to be clear on our terms here, monologuing, we're saying it's a one-way conversation from the parent to the child, where dialoguing, we're engaging in a two-way conversation, and there are many benefits to dialoguing. I think, first of all, 
we're we're trying to live out a transition in our relationship with our kids from authority to influence. And mm-hmm. one of the key ways we do that is to bring our kids into a discussion on a particular topic, allow them to voice what they're feeling and what and what their mindset is and what their opinion is on a, on a matter. Not that it's always correct. We need to be prepared for the fact that it's probably not correct in some some cases, but it it, it draws them into investing in the discussion and owning certain aspects of. Uh, moral values or or making good choices in in a particular situation. It's it's also very informative for us because we learn where our child's hearts are at. If if they're responding and telling us where they are, then we can take that away and we can say, okay, there's something we need to work on. Mm-hmm. I also think that uh, we we can get frustrated when we don't like what we hear, and we need to recognize that that's not personal. That's just part of the training process. Because you have that happen with adult people all the time, <laughs> yeah. yes. right? When you're dialoguing and somebody says something and you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. But yes. you don't yeah. end up holding that over the person. No. You know that that's just a reality of life. And yeah. so, like you're saying, we're learning that with our teens right. as yeah. well. But because you're so close to them, you feel like it should be more or right. different. Yes. And, well, or, or especially, right yeah, or especially if you've been working on an issue with them constantly and they're still not quite getting it, you know, that selfish nature still coming through. Yeah. No, that never happens though. No, <laughs> You're always it perfect yes, in the conversation. Absolutely. Right? You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are all laughing because yes. we all know that yes. that is not always the case. Uh, There's another benefit that I would just want to add. And sometimes they communicate information to you that you just didn't know. And they bring context to a situation. It's like, hey, I'm really glad I know that because that actually changes the way I, as the parent, am viewing this particular situation. And if we're just kind of coming down with some kind of discipline or correction without understanding uh, the situational context, we might we might make a wrong choice as a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because often when we're especially having to deal with discipline or even responding to something they say and we don't get a chance to get all that background we then, in our own flesh, our own emotion, go, yes. "Oh, this is how I want to respond." And then, once you get context, you you adjust that. And yes. so, so sometimes totally. it's that mere question. Uh, I like what you were talking about with um, inviting them in on stuff because sometimes when kids are right in those years, the preteen years, yes. nine, ten, eleven, sometimes you know we have it matters on the nature of your kid, but they'll they'll be the ones that they're kind of like asking what you're talking about as parents. Yeah, and they're and they're kind of going. Wait, what do you guys? And they almost want to start saying some stuff. Yeah. And sometimes we we invite that in as parents, and sometimes we're like, no, 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 this isn't a conversation for you. And and what I'm hearing is that we have to kind of learn how to be intentional with inviting them in more on that because they already are priming that. Yes. And yes. so how do you? You know, because I'm thinking like you know my oldest son is middle school now, and uh, you know, and we've seen that over the last couple of years that he's very interested in what. In the My dull, wife and I are talking conversation. about. conversation, yeah. yes, absolutely. And, you know, we kind of we talked about this before. If, you know, your children, um, if you're constantly pushing your children away and telling them, you know, oh, this isn't for you or we're not interested in what you're interested in, they're not, you're, you're breaking that trust where they're, mm-hmm. they're going to decide, well, it's not important to mom and dad, so I'm not going to bring that to them. And, yeah. and so, yeah, you want to try to include them in those conversations course, you want to make sure you may have to um, alter a few words or how you deal with it, depending on their age yeah, there's, range. There's an age appropriateness yes. dimension to this yeah. this idea that you're bringing them into a discussion. But 
um, it, it creates a sense of invest investment and in that the, the kids are invested in what's happening in the family. And, and, uh, I can, I can just think of many occasions over the years where we've just sat, sat down at the dinner table and had a conversation about a topic that, that has a little bit more of an adult context to it, but we're introducing them to something that they're going to be facing in the years to come. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. How does, how does a family or parents find time to do this? Because that's always the, the main question. Yeah. I think a lot of parents who are probably listening to this while they're going in like between places that they're going, okay, I'm just trying to fit this in right now of even learning. How do I find time to actually have good, meaningful dialogue with my kids? Well, you have to be intentional about it. There's no doubt about that. Um, I've known some examples like Keith and I've talked about. There's we we have movie time or family time, and as the kids are getting older, it's becoming quite harder to find films that you know we can watch as a family. And so, you know, we'll kind of look at it and we'll we'll rate it and see uh, read the reviews on it. But sometimes we'll go ahead and put one on that we think, eh, I don't know, might be a little, you know, not sure about this. It might have some adult con- content in it, but we stop it. And then we address it and we walk mm-hmm. through that situation with them. Um, so I, I just think um, as parents, we just have to learn how to be wise and take time out of our schedule to be intentional with our kids yeah. um, and be creative about it. Some, and sometimes it's literally putting it on the calendar, Yeah, you yeah. know, if it, if, if it comes to that. And uh, what's, what's critical, though, is we just can't, we can't fall short in our ability and willingness to um, allow our kids to um, express where they're at and what's going on in their heart, what's yeah. what's happening in their school or activity or relationship dynamics. Because we, we gain so much value out of understanding where they are. So when something truly difficult comes, we, we already have that contextual basis yeah. uh, to, to understand where their minds and hearts are at. And so that we can be responding in a way that we feel is not only Christ honoring, but it, it actually feeds, feeds them. It feeds their need in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, because our families are such an important thing because our yeah. kids are so valuable. If, if your life is so tight that you can't find that space just to have mere conversations, yes. Like, like I would urge anyone listening, like you, you have to make very intentional movements to reorganize and reset your yeah. life so that that has a higher value and that your kids see that, that you're maybe eliminating something that is something that maybe you enjoy. Maybe it's something that you're like, I, I, I need to do this, but this, you matter more. Yes. And that also communicates a lot to them. I mean, I, I think so. For sure. And dialogue doesn't always have to be like a structured, you know, we're sitting across the table from each other and we're going to talk about this topic today. Yeah. You know, it can be when you're out and about, you're just, you're doing errands and, or you're going and doing something fun. There's lots of opportunities. uh, And I think Susan hit, hit the operative word to be intentional about engaging in a dialogue with your kids. You, you see a situation or you have an experience and you ask your kid, Hey, what do you think about that? And, there, there's so many opportunities for that if you're looking for it. That's just the key. You got to be looking for it. Yeah. So, so what about? And obviously, these are very real situations. What about when parents are trying to engage in that, and their kids either are non-responsive and no, I'm fine, you know, and they, or or even I, I say even worse, but they're saying it, but their son or daughter is looking at their device and they're not 
fully <laughs> engaging. Very, very real moments. We yes. all understand yes. this. Um, this is our new world. And uh, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we've had discussions about there are certain times and places when our devices um, should be out. And a lot of times um, that's a self-control issue, uh-huh. which is I think we are having to parent into more nowadays um, with technology. And um, so I, I think, you know, I, I I typically don't struggle with that too much. Um, I remember when Kyle, when I would pick him up from first grade, I remember struggling with that issue because he was gone all day. And I'd say, what happened in school? Nothing. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're there all day. There was nothing that happened, you know, and then nothing. And I'm like, Okay, so I started going, oh, my goodness. I was talking to the moms, and one of the kids totally threw up in school today. He was like, it didn't happen. That didn't happen. You know, like, I would, it would, you know, it would get him talking. Uh-huh. And um, so I, I don't know how you deal with that on the on the level of just setting boundaries. Well, I think we, we can fall into the trap of just being a little bit lazy in how we question our kids. And we can just be super generic. How was your day? Not a bad question necessarily, but you may not be getting the results you're looking for. Be specific. Ask them how a specific class was. Ask mm-hmm. them how one of their friends is doing. You know, maybe you know something's going on at school or an activity is coming. Ask them about that. How did it, how did that go? And if that has multiple benefits because a it tells them I, I know I know a lot about what's going on in your life if you're asking specific questions. And then number two, a lot of a lot of our kids, their minds are just wandering, you know, unless they're prompted with something specific, they just don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. So it, so you can't have an expectation that you're going to open a door and then they're going to go. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. Now, yes. some, some yes. of our kids, oh, there, some talk, there are certain yeah. personalities that then you're also going, I don't know if I want to open this door right now. <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, you know, and I, I don't uh, have enough time for that. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, you, you know, your kids. Yes. And so you'll know those times and, uh, yeah, and I think devices is stuff where it's it's an element where we just often have to go, hey, I have some questions for you. Can you put that away and be very specific? And yeah. and hopefully you're building up that pattern that you were talking about, Susan, that your your kids just know when there's a time that they need to be off of it. And, 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 and us too. And yeah. us too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, I think a lot of adults are always having to parent other adults yeah. with these type of things in the same way. <laughs> right, yes. like, sure. like you might have coworkers, you might have colleagues, you might have people in school beside you that you you feel like you're trying to subversively <laughs> coach them yeah. yes. just as much. But that's why it matters so much to do this with your own kids, so yeah. that they'll also be very dynamic people in our society and in yeah. our world um, that know how to do this healthy dialogue and interaction sure. because you modeled that. Yes. As a parent, good models. Well, and I think that's an important thing is we have to model it as parents. Mm-hmm. So if we're constantly on our phones, you know, you're just giving them free reign to do it. You can't get upset with them for doing that. Yeah. Let me get my phone out and tweet that real okay. quick. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do we, what's the kind of posture that we need to have when we are dialoguing with them in terms of, you know, when, when you're coming into the conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're parents, they're the kids. We're not equals, but we need to have a posture of we're in this together, and and that it's not, um, it, it's not a one way relationship. You know where we're just telling them what to do, and so there's a sense of empathy that we need to demonstrate to our kids, and so that they can realize we're a safe place, mm-hmm. and that um, 
no topic is too big or too small mm-hmm. for us. And we've got your back. Yeah. Yeah. That absolutely. Then they, then they can feel like, Hey, I can talk to them about anything that, that would be, um, our, our real goal in those kinds of moments. Yeah. I like uh, Kara Powell that runs the Fuller Youth Institute um, down in Southern California. She has a great statement on one of her blogs where she talks about like a swimming illustration where she says you have to be like a wall that mm-hmm. when they're doing laps that they have to be able to come and you have to be something solid enough for them to kick off of yeah. to go and do the next sure. stint. Right. And then they're going to come back and then they kick off again. And But you have to be – be there. You have to be available. Yes. So right. should there be an expectation as a parent that when you're engaging in this dialogue that you're expecting them to ask you lots of questions or, 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 yeah. you know, are we always going to be in the probing mode where you're like, Hey, how's this? What's going on with this? How's your life doing? You know, this is a life sharing experience. I think that, uh, that builds as, um, as you engage in more dialogue, that, naturally builds. Your kids can come with you and ask you questions. And um, I think sometimes it takes them longer to process that. And so they're not quite, they don't come to you like I would come to Keith with a question. They kind of have to mull it over and think about it and go, is that really a question I want to ask mom and dad or not? I'm, you know, um, but eventually I think with, with the trust relationship, they typically do. I think one of the biggest things that I had learned with my kids is you know, the big thing is don't freak out. And and so what my kids know, whatever they come to us about, we're not we're not going to freak out. Uh-huh. You know, I yeah. may freak out with Keith behind the scenes, <laughs> but I'll let them see it. You know, yeah. yeah, because not only are you posturing empathy, but you're posturing again that that being a foundation yes. and a place that you're going. I want you to always feel like you yes. can come and chat, which is even as teens grow older, that's why they're, they're always drawn to other adults, you know, as their, you know, their communal relationships grow, that they, yes. they, they value going to people that they feel like they can trust to go talk to. Because it will broaden, as we know, outside of parents as they get older. But it, but that's why you want your, your parenting to be the first core, though, that they've seen that modeled and experienced. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that's the life-sharing part of it, yeah. is that you, yeah. you need to be prepared to be asked maybe some difficult questions and be willing to be transparent and maybe being willing to talk about your own flaws and your own challenges and, and the way you're working out your own spiritual walk. Uh, those are things that can really let your, your teen know, hey, uh, my parent isn't perfect either. You know, we're under grace too, and we need to make sure that yeah. uh, we, we are uh, uh, to, to a healthy degree vulnerable with our kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also think about when I was young and uh, and talking to like my dad especially that sometimes I think it's it's good for us as parents to do some more storytelling uh, because oh, your yeah. kids don't always know everything of your life before them, mm-hmm. and uh, and so sometimes it's like I think because I was a youth pastor growing up or you know most of my ministry before my kids were born or during their yeah. their growth and development. I'm always telling stories with people that are at our house and stuff like that. And so our kids naturally hear it. But I remember when I was growing up, you know, like there was stuff I didn't even know until I was in high school or even after that my dad would share something about when he, you know, was in the Air Force during the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah. And yeah. and that was kind of one of those cool things that that created a little bit more of a bond because yes. I realized, hey, this – this, this guy, my dad that I grew up with, I, I didn't know everything yeah. about him. Sure. And so I think that's sometimes kind of cool to invite 
your kids in and go, Hey, have I ever told you about, and cause then there's, and that's a little bit more of a monologue I know in those situations, yeah. but you know, then they ask questions and they, and then they almost want to come and find out what else they don't know. Right. <laughs> like, Hey, you have any other like uh, fun stories? Or? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't fight in Vietnam though. So I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything uh, you know, um, to share on that, you know, other than the things I've made up in my head. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I like what you guys are talking about, about like the, the posturing of, you know, when they come up the, to not react or take offense, um, you know, yeah. because, because I think uh, I might be getting into a little bit to what you're going to talk about, but it can become very personal mm-hmm. for us as parents, um, especially if we're very defensive already. Yep. And so, so any, any tips or advice on that, how to not <laughs> take offense? Um, well, I think first of all, uh, we usually know if we're going to be heading into a difficult conversation and it's, and having the mindset that we, we're not going to match emotion. Uh, the ki- the kids are hormonal, they're developing, their bodies and minds and hearts are changing fast. Uh, so they're going to be predisposed to, to want to escalate a situation as being, this is, you know, a, a, a life changing event when, when maybe from an adult perspective, it isn't, but we have to empathize with that at the same time, try to just take the, the, the emotional um, level out of our speech and, and recognize that it isn't personal. It's something that they're going through and they're, they're trying to engage with you in, in the best way they know how, which is in a, in a place they're not complete. They're still learning how to channel yeah. and have self-control. Yeah. Um, I know that I, I heard one time that it's good to almost imagine yourself as holding a pillow <laughs> Next to yourself, that sometimes when stuff is said, let it hit the pillow yeah. <laughs> in your mind. Yeah. Like it's a mental game, you know, and that way you don't experience it just in that way. Um, personally, that you that you take it into the pillow and then you go back and process it later so that you don't respond. So, um, so as we're kind of getting into our last five minutes, I thought it might be good to shift a little bit more into um, when kids, when, when our teens are starting to dialogue with us. Um, and it starts becoming on stuff that is behavioral or, you know, a big thing that they've done or not done yep. and, and how the dialogue needs to be framed and shift within there. Like, how do you talk about consequences? Um, how do you talk about, uh, you know, other things within that? Yeah. Well, when our kids were younger, we had a consequences chart kind of up on our up on our wall. And so everything, when we decided it was black and white. So if our kids lied, this is what the consequence would be. If our kids stole this, what what would be the the restitution would be. Um, And, but as we've gotten older, as the kids have gotten older, what we've, what we do is we tend, most of that is loss of privileges or something like, you know, something along that line of nature, but we really sit them down and say, well, I don't know. What do you think? it should be. And it's it's funny because oftentimes they're a lot more harder on themselves than we would do. I remember one time just just recently um something happened with the phone and the child assumed that I was taking away the phone and I said I I didn't tell you I was taking away the phone. I I didn't say that. And I said what do you think the most important what do you think should happen. And they were like, well, I should probably delete the app off the phone. And I said, well, I think if that's the best way to get self-control, then yeah, I think that's probably a good thing to do. And, you know, like I said, I didn't do that. They like jumped to the conclusion. They pretty much already put their phone away. And, (laughs) um, but having them take responsibility for their actions 
and yeah. and calling the shots. It's really and, inviting them into the process of of evaluating a situation, and and the dialoguing can also look like heart probing questions. Uh-huh. You know, we we have a situation where um, you you recognize maybe your child isn't meeting expectations in an area. Um, sitting them down and asking them some questions instead of getting into lecture mode. It's so what do you think about that situation? We had a, we had a case, very simple example. We have certain dinner time sort of norms that we do to help each other out. Uh, you know, cleaning up food, dishes, putting things away. And we had a situation when, when one of our teens just sort of disappeared from the table <laughs> inexplicably uh, suddenly gone. <laughs> that never happens. That never happens. What are you yeah. talking about? So I had I I caught him a little bit later and I said, you know, did did you uh, did you have something going on that 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 caused you to leave the table in a rush? And, not really. Um, do you think you were helping out the family at the end of dinner the way that we typically do? No. Um, you know what could you what what could you have done in that situation? And then there's an opportunity for them to search their own hearts and say, well, you know, this is what we normally do. I I, I recognize we I should be doing these things. Yeah. And so you're, you're sort of teeing up the topic, then let them fill in the blanks because they've been trained. We know they've been trained, but they're teens. They forget stuff. They, they have their own mindset in the moment. And, and we need to understand that it's there. Uh-huh. We just need to prompt it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big, it's really big for us to understand that you want to be dialoguing with them because you're helping them form they're becoming adults. And so you're right. forming them within that. And so, um, yeah, so I think it's, it's really good. So, um, so like any, any other last, we have one minute left, any other last bits of advice or, uh, or, uh, ideas on the most effective dialogue, like just the, the just the machine gun bullet <laughs> points it. Well, I think first of all, enjoy this time. This is a short season in your life. Enjoy the opportunity to have conversations with your kids. Be students of your kids and really understand where they're at and and take what they give you and use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you make those investments and it, it's almost like building a skill as a parent um, to, to know where each child is at. Also, um, while the standard for, for us and our kids is the same, we're following and pursuing Christ's values, the way that we communicate, encourage, discipline, correct can vary based on your child's temperament and personality. So understand that that can be different. And uh, we don't need to be a, a cookie cutter parent. Yeah. Um, and then also, if if we're dialoguing and we're trying to get something accomplished with our kids, feel free to, to have a a conversation and then step away and 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 just let what happens happens because mm-hmm. you're going to learn something uh, if we're if we're hovering uh we're not allowing them to then take that conversation and do something with it yeah, yeah that's good yeah well i i was going to say you know just a bad parenting moment on me for that point was uh um with my oldest we were he was having a conversation with somebody and you know of course i'm like waiting for him to say thank you. And he wasn't saying it fast enough for me. And I'm like whispering in the back going, say thank you. And finally he, we walked away and he goes, mom, 
you've trained me on this. Would you give me some time in the conversation? And I think that's the hard part. As as parents, we are really struggling with the fact that I, you know, I've got a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, and an 18-year-old. And so you're constantly having to change these hats of where am I at in my authority with these children and and learning to just back out and let let them, if you've done the work, watch it and let give them a chance to prove it that they can do this. Yeah. And I would say one last piece is uh, there is power always at the meal table, whether that's you're out at a restaurant or you're at home. Absolutely. Um, I, I think God created us to have more dialogue around good food. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, you know, if, if you're a family that doesn't get a chance to sit down and eat, make that one of your priorities because um, it will open up opportunities for conversation. Um, or when you're anytime you're around the table, use that as a chance that, you know, they have to eat. <laughs> Don't let them go take it to their room. Right. Don't let yes. them go sit yes. in front of a TV. I know that might sound old to some people nowadays, but um, that there's there's intentional power around that. So it's an invaluable time. Yeah. So uh, Keith, um, Su- Susan, thank you so much for uh, for being a part of this yeah, and sharing your insight. We look forward to kind of having you come back in a rhythm and continue to share your insights and your and your wisdom. So we want to thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting podcast and to kind of keep your ears and eyes open for the next episodes. And if you have questions, you can always email us at ask at bridgeway.church and we would love to see what some of you parents are are asking that we could uh, maybe cover within this podcast so have a great day and we'll see you soon thank you for listening to the engaging parenting podcast hosted by pastor matt bach and pastor cliff woodward presented by bridgeway christian church for more information about bridgeway and other content visit bridgeway.church